Welcome to today's podcast from Coastline Calvary Chapel in Gulf Breeze, Florida. We hope this message encourages you and brings light into your life. So we're going to ask all the masked people to sit over here and all the unmasked. No, we're not going to do that. So strange to be speaking to a group of people. I was talking to my wife the other day and I said, you know, since I graduated from Bible college, I don't think I've missed church, you know, like certain not for nine weeks. What an unusual scenario it's been. And I do want to talk about responding to the unexpected. You know, we have, and we're going to be looking at, uh, if you have a Bible, turn to Isaiah chapter 38, the fatal story of an illness to a great king named Hezekiah. And in the story, we, we find out that he's told about he, that he's going to die. And the scripture shares with us how he felt, how he prayed, and how the Lord helped him. The announcement was totally unexpected. It's, it's kind of like yesterday, we were on the beach, a bunch of us doing a, a wedding. And we didn't have any music down there or anything. And we had drawn some lines in the sand for the aisle for the bride to walk down with her father. And she comes walking over the hill. I'm standing down there. Some friends are there. And here comes the bride. And there's people sitting around. And there's this one group of three couples, it looked like. And when they saw, you know, they saw what was going on. A wedding is getting ready to happen. And so here she comes over the hill with her dad. And, and all of a sudden, I don't know how they did this through Bluetooth or something. They started playing the, the marriage march, the wedding march. Da, 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 da. And I'm like... Lord, how amazing is this, this is that you're doing this. And they're over there smiling and clapping, and it was pretty unexpected. But a lot of things come at us unexpected. And I want you to listen to this, and I want you to know this is not a political statement, and it's not an ethnic statement. It's just a factual observation. Who knew? I certainly didn't. When this whole thing hit, this pandemic, that China produces 40% of the world's pharmaceutical ingredients. I had no idea. I also had no idea that 97% of the U.S. market for antibiotics is produced in China. I was like, really? I mean, it took me off guard. That 50% of the world's surgical masks are produced in China. Also, as we go in through this, I didn't know that, and I think we're still trying to figure out who's in charge and who's running our nation. Is it the president? Is it scientists? Is it doctors? Is it governors? Who is it? This has been the most unexpected, difficult time. I love what Winston Churchill said, that prime minister of England during the time of World War II. He said this, we cannot afford to confide the safety of our country, to the passions or the panic of any other foreign nation which may be facing a desperate crisis themselves. We must be independent. We must be free. We must preserve our full latitude and our own discretion of choice. This whole thing came so out of left field, just like it did for Hezekiah. Look at chapter 38 of Isaiah. We're just going to read and focus this morning on three verses. In those days, 
Isaiah 38, verse 1, in those days Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. And then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord. And here's part of his prayer. Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. In those days, what days? Well, these days of Hezekiah. And if you don't know his story, those days speaks of an invasion by Assyria who had already come into Israel and defeated the north. The, the, the nation was split at that time. There was 10 tribes in the north. The Assyrians had come in and overthrown and scattered all the northern tribes. And Hezekiah, a direct descendant of David, was ruling and reigning in Jerusalem. So when the north fell, the king of Assyria, or Syria, turned his attention to the south, and he sent his orders, he sent his, if you will, terms of surrender to Hezekiah. Hezekiah got them, and he read them, and he went to the temple, and he spread them out, and he prayed to the Lord. And we have part of his prayer in 2 Kings 19, 19. He says, now therefore, O Lord, I pray, save us from his hand. And he's talking about that Syrian king. That all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone. So he's not surrendering, he's praying. And God answered Hezekiah's prayer in a remarkable way. If you read 2 Kings, it's a phenomenal story. And it's repeated here in Isaiah 38, in those days, this great king that God answered his prayer, delivered him from this tyrant from Assyria, now he's ill and he's about to die. God delivered him from one crisis and now he faces a brand new one. Some may ask, well, who was Hezekiah? Well, he's one of the greatest kings that Israel ever had. But he was also, if you know his story, he was the son of Ahaz, one of the most wicked and evil and idolatrous kings that Israel ever had. So here's a man who's wicked and evil, Ahaz, and he has this son named Hezekiah, who becomes one of the most godly and one of the most revered kings in all of Israel. And there's some great encouragement there that God can take a person from a terrible background and completely turn his life around and redeem that person and use him or her for his purpose. Isn't that amazing? He came out of this God-forsaken family and God turned him into a godly man. He lived a good and righteous life and he did what was right. Look at 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 3. Speaking of Hezekiah, it gives a little uh, biography, if you will, of him. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done, his, his lineage. 
in, in verse 5, it says this, he trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. This is Hezekiah. And in the next verse, it tells us there, for he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but he kept his commandments, which the Lord God had commanded Moses. And in verse 7, I believe, we have uh, the Lord was with him, prospered wherever he went, and he rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. This is Hezekiah. Wouldn't you love someone to, to write that about you in the Bible? That he served the Lord, that he kept his commandments, that he was righteous, that he was true. And now this man, Hezekiah, well, he's sick. He's going to die. And the king and the people and the nation find themselves in the midst of a crisis. They had survived his father, who was wicked and evil. And now, out of nowhere, they're about to lose their king. He's sick. The prophet Isaiah had come and said, set your house in order. And sickness, well, sickness can change everything in your life. It can change everything in the world, as we've just seen. Sickness comes, and I mean, you hear the word cancer. It comes into your family. It comes into your house. It comes into your body, and it changes everything. This is what's happening to Isaiah as he speaks to Hezekiah. He walks in with the news. An accident or an injury can change life forever. This pandemic has impacted people all over the world. And, and it's insane. It's crazy what we've been going through. And Hezekiah becomes sick at the point of death. And he begins to seek the Lord. People remembered how good he was. And now they have a king, a, a praying king they loved and needed, and they don't want to lose him. They're praying, I'm sure, and Hezekiah is praying as well. Lord, don't take him. Lord, let him live. And I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you've prayed for someone that you loved and admired, and, and you said, Lord, don't take her, or Lord, don't take him. And this is, where, this is where the nation is right now, where Israel is, where, where Hezekiah is. And, and Scripture in Isaiah tells us that Hezekiah receives this visit from a prophet, and, and it's, it's, it's bad news. I mean, this is a, a, a prophet from God. It says, in those days, Hezekiah was sick. He was near death. And here comes the prophet. And you're thinking the prophet's going to say, fear not, Hezekiah. You shall be lifted up off your sickbed. So, you know, here's Hezekiah. All right, the prophet's here. And here's what he says, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. What a bummer day for, for Hezekiah. He's lying on his bed. It's like a physician, a doctor walks in and gives the bad report, tells you it's terminal. You don't have long to live. I mean, Isaiah is a prophet. Think about this. This is not a doctor. This is God's prophet who comes in with God's word and says, you're going to die. Set your house in order. Now, I want to give you a little spoiler alert because we're going to go through this man's life. And I want you to know that in the next few Sundays, this story has a great ending. 
Hezekiah recovers and he lives for 15 more years. The message and the value of this story is the steps and the stages of his life are very significant. There's this response to the unexpected that I think in some way applies to us. This, this whole thing we're walking through right now, I mean, this is our first day back in the building after nine weeks of craziness. Watching the news, food lines and conspiracy theories and the toilet paper massacre. I mean, that was phenomenal. <laughs> Trump's press conferences, you know, it's just like, Oh, there's a meat shortage, there's unemployment, there, and you could go on and on and on of all the different things that have gone down. And still, as we're walking through this, we, 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 we think, wow, how, how fast things changed. I mean, probably many of you, my, my, I certainly had some travel plans that were completely changed several different situations, events that were canceled, people have lost jobs, schools have closed down. I, I saw one, I, I shared this with a couple of people, maybe you saw it, one, a little announcement on Facebook which has had some crazy stuff on there if you look at it all. It says, finally the hippies won, marijuana is legal and haircuts are not. And I thought, well, wow, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty true. <laughs> Took a while, but it got there. I mean, it's just been crazy. And, and I don't know if you went through this. I'm a little older, so, you know, you know I'm, I'm trying to social distance. But, you know, you go here, you go there, you go to different places. And, and you know, you go home at night, you're laying there and go, oh, I feel a little warm. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go through that. Am I sweating? Uh, you know. And you, 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 maybe you've not gone through that. I've had it four or five times, but I've recovered. So how, how, do we, how do you, how do I respond to this pandemic and come out of it in a way that's, you know, pleasing to God? There's, there's two things we see in this passage, and maybe three. Number one is, is to reach out, I believe, to God. And that's what Hezekiah does. He turns his face to the wall, and he begins to pray. Look at verse 2. Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall. And he prayed to the Lord. He's sick at the point of death. He's got the bad news from the prophet. It's terminal. He's lying in his bed. And he turns to the wall. And he prays. And I'm thinking, you know, the prophet's still in the room. Set your house in order. You're going to die. He looks at him. He turns over. Head to the wall. And he prays. Perhaps he's got all kinds of questions. How long, Lord, do I have? I mean, that's a legitimate question, is it not, when someone tells you your term? Why, why me, Lord? Did I sin? Was I not faithful? But Hezekiah doesn't go there. You don't hear him saying those things. He hears the word of the Lord. He turns to the wall, and he seeks the Lord. I think it's kind of like this. He closes his eyes. He turns to the wall, and he shuts everything out, and he focuses alone on the Lord. No distractions. Don't want to hear any more from you, Isaiah. 
and he just begins to focus on God. And as we are in the midst of this, and we're all hearing all kinds of opinions and theories and blogs, Christian, non-Christian, left, right, government, scientists, doctors, pastors, and we don't know what to trust. We don't know what to believe. What's real, what's not? I think one passage of Scripture we can at least turn to would be Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. No one really knows, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. There's some things we don't know, but there are a lot of things that have been revealed to us. Hezekiah knows what God has revealed, not what he has kept secret. Hezekiah knows only what God has revealed, so in light of that, he knows in these circumstances, here's one thing I can do. I can pray. I can pray. And so he turns to the wall and he begins to pray. May, may I say this, that is our first and best response in a crisis. Amen. Just pray. Don't go freaking out and running around and grabbing toilet paper. Just pray. Pray you'll have toilet paper, but just pray. Now we know God spares his life. So, so we take encouragement from that. And I do want to say this. Prayer does change the course of history. It does. Well, some people say, no, 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 prayer's more, John, wait a minute. Prayer's more about changing me. Prayer's more about uh, strengthening us. Prayer's more about, you know, conforming us. And it does all those things. But I do want you to know this. All events and situations and circumstances, prayer can change. That's what the Bible teaches. Nowhere does the Bible say that prayer cannot change situation and circumstances. It changes Hezekiah's. And when Hezekiah is faced with the demands of the enemy to surrender the southern kingdom, he spreads out the demands before the Lord in the temple, and he prays, and the Lord defeats the Assyrians. Prayer changes things. God, save us, he says. In Isaiah 37, uh, verse 20, it says, Now therefore, O Lord our God, and that's when he was praying when the enemy's coming, save us from this hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord, you alone. And God answered the prayer. God answered it. He did an amazing thing. Then when the illness came, once again in the sight of God, he prayed. And, and there in chapter 38, I'll just read part of his prayer in verse 16. It says, you'll restore me and make me live. And God did that. God heard. God raised him up. And I want you to know this, that God's sovereignty includes your prayers. God's sovereignty includes your prayers and the prayer of his people. You say, well, John, back up just a minute. Didn't Isaiah just come into his room? He's not a false prophet. We know that. And he says, thus says the Lord, set your house in order. You're going to die. I know. But Hezekiah prayed. 
And God's sovereignty includes, it's, it's like Jonah brings the word to Nineveh. Forty days, Nineveh, you're toast. God's going to destroy you. But they repented. They called upon the Lord. And listen to, to, to what happens in Jonah chapter 3, verse, verse 4. We have this, then God saw that, and Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, 40 days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. Now, Jonah's not a false prophet. He tells them what's going down, what God's told him to say. They prayed, they repented, and then we have verse 10. Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. God is sovereign in all things, and his sovereignty includes the prayer of his people. I don't know what God's doing in this pandemic. I have no idea, but I do know this. We are to seek his face and his grace and pray. Let other people blog. Let them theorize. Let them conspiratize. But believers can hoard toilet paper. No, believers, (laughs) we can pray. And we can look for opportunities to show his grace and his mercy. That's one thing we can do. That's one response to the unexpected is to pray and trust God. Now, verse 3, chapter 38 of Isaiah. Here's what he said. Remember me, O Lord, I pray, how I've walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. He, he turns his face to the wall and he begins to pray. Now, what is he doing? Is Hezekiah saying, God, I've been good. I, I, I've done right. God, you owe me. God, you can't take my life. I, I've kept everything you've asked me to do. Hezekiah was a godly man. I don't think he's trying to say, God, I don't sin. So you, you owe me, you know, health. Because I believe this, that every godly person knows they are sinners, right? And if you're a godly person, you follow the Lord, you know how wicked you are. It's just the reality of it. I think he's saying this, Lord, I'm going to die. You've told me that. But here's the deal. I have a clear conscience. And even though this has come out of nowhere, I'm at peace with you. You know, point, point number two, I think, that we can find out of this has to do with a clear conscience. Let's bring up, you have a clear conscience and know your sins are forgiven. In an unexpected situation, one of the greatest things you can do other than pray is to know that you have a clear conscience and that you're living right before the Lord. Hezekiah is taking in what he has just heard from God's prophet in a response like Paul did when Paul said, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I kept the faith, I'm ready to go. I'm at peace with God. Paul had a clear conscience. Not not because he lived a perfect life, not because he had never sinned. In fact, Hezekiah had sinned. If you look at chapter 38 of Isaiah, verse 17, he says... Indeed, it was for my own peace that I had great bitterness, 
but you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption. Listen to what he says. For you have cast all my sins behind your back. Hezekiah wasn't saying, hey, I never did anything wrong. Why are you, why are you giving me this deal? He's saying, no, Lord, you've forgiven me. One great goal in life, and, and listen, is not only to respond in prayer when unexpected things happen to you, but number two, to seek to live forgiven with a clear conscience. Listen, seek to know that you're forgiven and you're living with a clear conscience because nobody knows what tomorrow holds. None of us. Live in a way that you're ready. The Apostle Paul says it like this in Acts chapter 24, verse 15. I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. That's one way to face the unexpected. With a conscience that's clear toward God and toward others. Right before God, right before others. Because I know one day I'll be called to stand before the Lord. This is Hezekiah. This is how he lived. This is why he lived. And for that reason, when the life crisis hit, it gave Hezekiah great security. He said, hey, I'm ready. I prayed. And he says, Lord, I've walked before you in truth with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. He turned to the Lord. He trusted in him. And a crisis always brings out the best and the worst in people, doesn't it? I mean, if you've watched this thing, you, you've seen people blame, you've seen violence, you've seen angers, you've seen hoarders of food and personal hygiene items, but you've also seen great kindness and great courage and great sacrifice. Lord, help me to live in this time with faithfulness, with a clear conscience, with a life of prayer, and with a heart that's right towards you and a heart that's right towards others. And there's one more thing in these short three verses, and we're almost finished, that Hezekiah does. Look at those three verses. In those days, Hezekiah, those days of the Syrians attacking, he's sick and near death. The prophet, son of Amos, Isaiah comes, thus says the Lord, set your house in order, you'll die. Hezekiah turns his face toward the wall. His first thing is to pray. And he tells the Lord, look, I'm ready. I've walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart. I've done what is good in your sight. And then it says this at the very end of that verse 3. Hezekiah wept bitterly. Why the tears, Hezekiah? Why weep bitterly? I mean, this is a godly man. This is a godly king. He's ready. He's prepared. Why not, like Paul, say to die is gain? Maybe he, 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 he like Paul, hasn't, you know, uh, experienced John the, the resurrection. He's an Old Testament guy. Well, even Job said, I know my Redeemer liveth. 
and I know that I shall see him one day. Job understood that. Why does Hezekiah turn his face to the wall and weep bitterly? Well, I submit to you because he knew his life's work was not yet finished. And number three, God has a plan and a purpose for his life and my life and your life. When you, when you come to something that's unexpected in life, three, three simple things I would share with you today. Number one, pray. Number two, live in a way that you're ready with a clear conscience toward God and toward others. And number three, recognize in the midst of everything that comes your way, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. See, Hezekiah was born in the lineage of David. And he knew that the Messiah was supposed to come through him. And he had no offspring. He had no son. And now he's being told he, he's about to die. If you read 2 Samuel 7, it, it gives you the whole story about Hezekiah and the, 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 the promise that God made to David about his lineage. And Hezekiah's in that line. And he has no heir to the throne. And we know, we will see as we go through this story that Hezekiah is going to live 15 more years. And his son that he does have during that 15 years comes to the throne at the age of 12. So he has to live to have a son. So he prays. God answers. And Jesus comes through the line of Hezekiah. Let me ask you a question. Have you sought the Lord during this time? Are you living in a way where you have a clear conscience? Or here's a bigger question. Do you know that your sins are forgiven? Would you be able to say like Hezekiah does in verse 17, you have cast all my sins, Lord, behind your back. Well, would you be ready to stand be, before the Lord? He certainly invites all of us to experience new life. One of my life verses in the New Testament is, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. All things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Isn't that a wonderful promise? That I, you, we could stand before the Lord one day and say, Lord, I remember the day that you cast all my sins behind your back and you made me a new creation in Christ. And now all things are new. And Lord, I, I've done the best I could to, to live with a clear conscience. It's not that I never sinned, but you cast them all behind your back. And he comes to each of us individually. Like he does Hezekiah. Unexpectedly sometimes things occur. And maybe one day he'll come to you and say, hey, set your house in order. But he certainly comes to each of us and knocks and says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you open, I'll come in and I'll give you life. Do you have a conscience that's cleansed? Do you have sins that are forgiven? Can you say like Hezekiah, Lord, I'm, I'm ready? In times of crisis, and, and this, this pandemic has certainly been something that I don't think anyone ever expected or saw coming. It's been really and still is somewhat bizarre. I think three things we can do. 
One, we can pray. Two, we can live with a clear conscience and know that our sins are forgiven. And number three, we can know that God has a purpose and a plan for our life. And he does. And one of those purposes and plans is that you would know him and know that your sins are forgiven. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Join us again as we dive into the scripture, going verse by verse here at Coastline Calvary Chapel.